Welcome, welcome to the Grand Solo Hero Podcast. This is Kevon White, also known as Coach K. I'm the owner and founder of Grand Solo. I truly believe that I'm a superhero. I truly believe that you're a superhero. I truly believe that we're all superheroes. Sometimes we just get distracted by the day-to-day stresses of life and forget that superpower. That superpower is being who you are. Grand Solo is here to remind you that superpower so you can maximize everything around you. Grand Soul is about two things, self-love and mindfulness. Self-love is taking action on those things that inspire you. Mindfulness is living in the present, not letting your past define you because all we have is right now. We must live in this moment to truly maximize who we truly are. Y'all, today I want to talk about story because we know your story is so, so important. Often the story that we tell ourselves is the reason that we either fail or we succeed in life and our fitness journeys. It's the story that we believe in and the story that we constantly tell ourselves is really what really runs our life. But we have to understand a lot of times the story that we tell ourselves is usually a story that makes it not our fault, right? It's a story that we're almost a victim in the situation. This happened to me, so I'm able to feel this way. This happened to me, so I'm able to do this. This happened to me, so I'm in this current state. This happened to me at some point in my life. So now I feel this way about this person, or I feel this way about this thing, or anytime I hear this certain thing, it triggers this. Come on, y'all. The cycle we we get into. The, The story that we constantly tell ourselves. This happened to me, so I feel this way. This person did this to me, so now I feel this way about this person, or I can do this thing. We justify the things that we do in our life due to the things that happened in our past. And the thing about it is sometimes things happen in our past that affect us negatively, that have us still living our life trying to protect us from those things that happened to us. Hmm. And the thing about it is we can constantly stay in this story, stay in this cycle, and if we never break it, we'll continue to live in this reality. I watched a powerful, powerful, powerful movie yesterday, and it was called Prodigy. It was on on Netflix. If you ever get a chance to watch this movie, you you have to watch it. It's really, really good. I'm probably going to drop the beans on on every part of the movie right now, but it it was good. You you need to watch it. Even even hearing the plot, hearing everything that happened, you still need to watch the movie because the movie is very, very powerful. The movie was about a nine-year-old girl, and this nine-year-old girl was a prodigy. She learned and manifest some powerful cerebral powers in her brain. She was able to do certain things like make things move and control uh, the way people hear and control different things in our environment that we, I mean, I I think that we have these powers, but don't get me, I'm not even going to get into that rant right now. I think we just don't focus enough on this stuff, so we we don't have the power to to manifest it. But for some reason, this nine-year-old girl had these powers, so she was able to do things simply through her mind that people aren't able to do the today. And she, she actually killed her mother. She killed her mother a couple years before, and 
nobody understood why. Nobody understood why this young nine-year-old girl decided to kill her mother. So they had her in this facility. They locked it down. Nobody knew about it. The government was keeping it away from everybody. Had her in this little facility. And they were going to split this little girl's brain open. Because she was so, so intelligent. She was not only smart and, and more advanced and thinking than, than everyone else. The things that she could do with her mind was absolutely insane. So the, the, the government had bought all these different psychiatrists in to find out what was going on with this little girl because they said that she was a psychopath, she was crazy, and they was ready to just split her open. But they wanted to find out, they wanted to give her one more chance to really figure out why she decided to kill her mother. So they brought in all these different psychiatrists and the little girl would pick them apart. She was like, why are you in here with your fancy suit? You can't help me. You got a nice watch on. You probably drive this type of car. And she ended up picking out, picking apart their personal lives and making them feel less, less superior to her. So they ended up freaking out and leaving. But this one guy, this one doctor came in there. The one of the the ladies that were kind of the head of the experiment, she knew this guy from college and she wanted to take a try on this guy. And this guy was kind of just your your everyday psychiatrist, I guess you would say. He just had on a on a just a very plain, plain suit. Everybody else came in with designer suits on. He had a plain suit on, had had a simple jacket on, uh, didn't even do his hair. And the, and he came in there and the little girl was picking him apart. She's like, you, you, you come in here. You, you don't even do your hair. You don't even get ready to see me. The guy sits down and he's like, you know what? I didn't read your file because I don't feel like I should come into a room judging someone before I ever even talk to them. And the girl was upset. She was like, why, why would you come in here unprepared? Should you have some type of diagnosis for me? Should you know what's going on? Shouldn't you be able to give me some type of answers to why this happened? And the, the man is like baffled one because his nine year old is talking to him in such an intelligent manner. And he's like, well, I, you know, I, I don't want to make any judgments about my clients before I ever figure out what's happening. I'd rather talk to them and figure out what's going on. So the little girl starts going in on him. She starts looking at him and just picking apart things about his posture and telling them, you know, that he's lonely and that his wife left him and and that he's still wearing a wedding ring that he shouldn't be wearing because his wife no longer loved him. And all these things were accurate. They were accurate. And the guy He's like, like, how do you know this stuff? And she's just doing it. She's knowing these things by simply looking at his posture and the way he's holding himself. So he opens up truthfully, tells her everything about his life and about his, his story and, and about how he got there, about how he lost his, lost his wife because they, they actually lost a daughter to an accident. And his wife couldn't handle the pressure of losing the daughter. So she pretty much blamed it on him. So he went into work with working with children, trying to appease and thinking that he could save enough people that would help that feeling of him not being able to save his daughter. So he went into this work and the little girl was able to see all of this from from the very first sight of him. And she picked him apart. And instead of the the psychiatrist getting out of his box he understood his truth 
And he understood that that was exactly what he was doing. So he was able to sit back and say, yeah, you're right. That, that is very true. That, that is very true. You are exactly right in everything you're saying about me. But now let's look at your story. What is the truth of you? And the little girl, she was, she, they wanted to, she wanted to play this little picture game where, where she put, where the psychiatrist would pick up these, these pictures that had these black marks on it. And she would tell the psychiatrist the way she was feeling from every picture. And of course she did the pictures and she, every single, every single picture, she had certain characteristics she would kind of explain and it was usually about blood it was usually about anger usually about someone dying and the psychiatrist noticed this pattern and what he said was even though I can tell that you're playing with me and you're joking with me something was very consistent about your answers you were angry and it had a lot to do with blood so the psychiatrist went to another step he said, I understand that these games aren't good. Aren't, aren't, you are very intelligent and you are way past these games. So I want to do something different. He bought in the game of chess. And this completely threw the little girl off. She was like, this is, why are you, why are you playing? Why are you bringing a game of chess in, in here with me? I mastered this game when I was like four years old through a computer. The computer couldn't even keep up with me. And the psychiatrist was like, you know what? That's the problem. You were playing with the computer. The, the moves are instant. There's no thought. There's no emotion behind it. It just happens. So he sat down and he played the game with the girl. And everyone was, all the government people was like, what is, this is stupid. Like, why, why is he doing this? These are so unorthodox. Like, we're ready to put a plug on this. And the little girl was like, you know what? In order for me to play the game, you have to remove this straitjacket. They had her in the straitjacket, obviously, because of the powers that she had. So the guy was like, okay, whatever, I'll remove it. And they began playing the game. And during the game, the psychiatrist watched the way she played. And he ended up beating the girl in the game. And the girl was baffled. She's like, how did you beat me? And she got upset. And of course, she completely threw the table with her power. She didn't touch the table. She just threw it. And she's like, what? how did you do that? So the guy was like, you know what? I hope that if I ever lose, I would react a little bit more gracefully. And he walked out. And the little girl stand, she stood there stunned, angry, like just mad and upset, just stuck in her anger. But anger made her feel control. She just lost something. So she completely, she got angry because that anger made her, the, the loss made her feel weak. So the anger made her feel strong again. It made her feel power. Why did this, like, how did this happen? She wanted answers. I want to play again. And the guy was like, no. Because if I lose, I would hope that I react a little bit more gracefully than you just did. And the guy went into the room with the government officials and was like, what? why did you do that? That was so stupid. And he simply said that y'all seen the reaction of the little girl. Y'all didn't see the way she played the game. Y'all didn't see that she had complete control of the game. She could have finished me at any second. But in order for her to finish me, it took her sacrifice and her queen. She refused 
to sacrifice her queen. And a psychiatrist said, I think that Eleanor, that Ellie, the little girl, is associating the queen with her mom. She refused to sacrifice her mom. I believe Ellie loved her mom. I believe Ellie is wanted to protect her mom, but something happened and she's not telling us the truth. And the, and the government was like, you're, you're absolutely crazy. You're, you're that, that's absolutely insane. That's not true. That that's stupid. That that's, that's, that's not it. So the government officials like, no, I, I, I truly believe that that's it. Like that, that's it. So he walks, he's like, look, I'm going to go find out. He walks back in the room and a little girl's still angry. So she, she hems him up. She does all this superpower stuff and, and hems him up and the government officials are going crazy. So they're trying to, they, they, they turned on this frequency, obviously to, to hem her powers down uh, because we, a lot of people don't realize this, but our language is, is actually frequency where humans are frequency, humans are energy. But uh, again, I'm not going to get into my rants, but. They turned up the frequency, shut her down. She got angry, shut it out, all of that, and shut down everything. So they had to turn the frequency up so high to pretty much kill her, almost kill her. And it shut her down. So after she was shut down, they they was like, look, it's time. It's time for us to kill her. It's time for us to execute her or whatever. And the doctor was like, look, I don't want to give up on her. Like, no, I, I know I can get through to her. Give me one more chance. Give me one more chance. And in the process of talking to Ellie, the doctor had found out that Ellie had received a little fox from her mother when she was a kid. And in the folder that the psychiatrist had, he seen a picture of it. And he showed the little girl a picture of it and he seen a reaction from her. And after he seen that emotional reaction, she immediately went to anger. Like, I don't like that stupid thing. Like, no, that, that is stupid. And it's a stupid thing of love. Love is only people only love people until and to the point that they can't control them anymore. This is exactly what this girl said. She said that piece just reminds me that I was controlled and I don't I don't want that. I, I, I want my control pretty much is what this little girl was saying. So. The gentleman was able to get back into the room with the girl, even though it was against everyone's policy. He was able to get back into the room with the girl and the girl. She was obviously toying with everyone. She was toying with everyone. She was accepting her fate that she was going to be killed. She was accepting the fate that she was going to die because as soon as she wanted to release herself from the straitjacket, she released herself. She got out of it with no problem. She threw the doctor against the wall and hemmed him up. She shut down everyone in the building with her power. She couldn't even see them through the glass, but she shut them down. They couldn't do anything. She controlled the whole building with her powers. She had the doctor hemmed up against the wall and the doctor reached in his pocket and he pulled out the chain with the fox on it. And as soon as the little girl seen the fox, she shut down. And she fell in the doctor's arm and she started crying. And she was saying it was an accident. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I miss her. I love her. I miss my mom. <laughs> that little girl 
made up a story of her being angry, made up a story of her being angry and mad and hating her mother to the point of wanting to kill her mother because she didn't want to accept the story that she didn't know how to use her powers. She didn't have control of her powers at the time and accidentally killed her mother because her mother made her upset and she didn't know how to control it. So she was about to take execution because that story of her killing her mother gave her power. That story gave her control. She was about to die. She was willing to die for a lie. But because it made it not her fault. Because she didn't have to face the truth. Because it left her in a state of feeling control. She was about to die. <laughs> what story have you ignored? What story have you told yourself to cover up the truth? See, what we have to understand is the power and control doesn't come in the anger. The power comes in making the choice. And right now you are choosing to believe in that story. You are choosing to stay in that state of depression. You are choosing to stay in that state of anger, of sadness. That is a choice you are making. And you can choose to change your state. You can choose to change your focus. You can choose to look at the truth of your life. See, a lot of times the story that we, even if that story is going to be destructive to our life, to our future, to our dream, we would tell ourselves that because it makes us, makes it not our fault. It gives us power. It gives us control over the game. Even when we can end the game, what are you protecting? What are you scared to sacrifice? Are you scared to get hurt again? <laughs> you have the power. You have the power to take complete control. And end the game. You can end the game right now. And win. But it just takes you sacrificing that thing that you've been hiding. It takes you sacrificing that thing that you've been hiding behind. Give it up. It's not you. That story is not who you are. That story that you told yourself for so long is not who you are. You are powerful beyond measure. And you need to know that. You need to remember that. Y'all have a great day. Always remember, keep grinding. This is Kevon White, also known as Coach K, signing out. Remember, you can check out the Grand Solo courses at www.grandsolo.thinkif.com. Also, check out the Grand Solo site at www.grandsolo.com. Y'all have a great one. Always remember, I love you. Take care.
Welcome, welcome to the Grand Solo Hero Podcast. This is Kevon White, also known as Coach K. I'm the owner and founder of Grand Solo. I truly believe that I'm a superhero. I truly believe that you're a superhero. I truly believe that we're all superheroes. Sometimes we just get distracted by the day-to-day stresses of life and forget that superpower. That superpower is being who you are. Grand Solo is here to remind you that superpower so you can maximize everything around you. Grand Soul is about two things, self-love and mindfulness. Self-love is taking action on those things that inspire you. Mindfulness is living in the present, not letting your past define you because all we have is right now. We must live in this moment to truly maximize who we truly are. Y'all, today I want to talk about story because we know your story is so, so important. Often the story that we tell ourselves is the reason that we either fail or we succeed in life and our fitness journeys. It's the story that we believe in and the story that we constantly tell ourselves is really what really runs our life. But we have to understand a lot of times the story that we tell ourselves is usually a story that makes it not our fault, right? It's a story that we're almost a victim in the situation. This happened to me, so I'm able to feel this way. This happened to me, so I'm able to do this. This happened to me, so I'm in this current state. This happened to me at some point in my life. So now I feel this way about this person, or I feel this way about this thing, or anytime I hear this certain thing, it triggers this. Come on, y'all. The cycle we we get into. The, The story that we constantly tell ourselves. This happened to me, so I feel this way. This person did this to me, so now I feel this way about this person, or I can do this thing. We justify the things that we do in our life due to the things that happened in our past. And the thing about it is sometimes things happen in our past that affect us negatively, that have us still living our life trying to protect us from those things that happened to us. Hmm. And the thing about it is we can constantly stay in this story, stay in this cycle, and if we never break it, we'll continue to live in this reality. I watched a powerful, powerful, powerful movie yesterday, and it was called Prodigy. It was on on Netflix. If you ever get a chance to watch this movie, you you have to watch it. It's really, really good. I'm probably going to drop the beans on on every part of the movie right now, but it it was good. You you need to watch it. Even even hearing the plot, hearing everything that happened, you still need to watch the movie because the movie is very, very powerful. The movie was about a nine-year-old girl, and this nine-year-old girl was a prodigy. She learned and manifest some powerful cerebral powers in her brain. She was able to do certain things like make things move and control uh, the way people hear and control different things in our environment that we, I mean, I I think that we have these powers, but don't get me, I'm not even going to get into that rant right now. I think we just don't focus enough on this stuff, so we we don't have the power to to manifest it. But for some reason, this nine-year-old girl had these powers, so she was able to do things simply through her mind that people aren't able to do the today. And she, she actually killed her mother. She killed her mother a couple years before, and 
nobody understood why. Nobody understood why this young nine-year-old girl decided to kill her mother. So they had her in this facility. They locked it down. Nobody knew about it. The government was keeping it away from everybody. Had her in this little facility. And they were going to split this little girl's brain open. Because she was so, so intelligent. She was not only smart and, and more advanced and thinking than, than everyone else. The things that she could do with her mind was absolutely insane. So the, the, the government had brought all these different psychiatrists in to find out what was going on with this little girl because they said that she was a psychopath, she was crazy, and they was ready to just split her open. But they wanted to find out, they wanted to give her one more chance to really figure out why she decided to kill her mother. So they brought in all these different psychiatrists and the little girl would pick them apart. She was like, why are you in here with your fancy suit? You can't help me. You got a nice watch on. You probably drive this type of car. And she ended up picking out, picking apart their personal lives and making them feel less, less superior to her. So they ended up freaking out and leaving. But this one guy, this one doctor came in there. The one of the the ladies that were kind of the head of the experiment, she knew this guy from college and she wanted to take a try on this guy. And this guy was kind of just your your everyday psychiatrist, I guess you would say. He just had on a on a just a very plain, plain suit. Everybody else came in with designer suits on. He had a plain suit on, had had a simple jacket on, uh, didn't even do his hair. And the, and he came in there and the little girl was picking him apart. She's like, you, you, you come in here. You, you don't even do your hair. You don't even get ready to see me. The guy sits down and he's like, you know what? I didn't read your file because I don't feel like I should come into a room judging someone before I ever even talk to them. And the girl was upset. She was like, why, why would you come in here unprepared? Should you have some type of diagnosis for me? Should you know what's going on? Shouldn't you be able to give me some type of answers to why this happened? And the, the man is like baffled one because his nine year old is talking to him in such an intelligent manner. And he's like, well, I, you know, I, I don't want to make any judgments about my clients before I ever figure out what's happening. I'd rather talk to them and figure out what's going on. So the little girl starts going in on him. She starts looking at him and just picking apart things about his posture and telling them, you know, that he's lonely and that his wife left him and and that he's still wearing a wedding ring that he shouldn't be wearing because his wife no longer loved him. And all these things were accurate. They were accurate. And the guy He's like, like, how do you know this stuff? And she's just doing it. She's knowing these things by simply looking at his posture and the way he's holding himself. So he opens up truthfully, tells her everything about his life and about his, his story and, and about how he got there, about how he lost his, lost his wife because they, they actually lost a daughter to an accident. And his wife couldn't handle the pressure of losing the daughter. So she pretty much blamed it on him. So he went into work with working with children, trying to appease and thinking that he could save enough people that would help that feeling of him not being able to save his daughter. So he went into this work and the little girl was able to see all of this from from the very first sight of him. And she picked him apart. And instead of the the psychiatrist getting out of his box he understood his truth 
And he understood that that was exactly what he was doing. So he was able to sit back and say, yeah, you're right. That, that is very true. That, that is very true. You are exactly right in everything you're saying about me. But now let's look at your story. What is the truth of you? And the little girl, she was, she, they wanted to, she wanted to play this little picture game where, where she put, where the psychiatrist would pick up these, these pictures that had these black marks on it. And she would tell the psychiatrist the way she was feeling from every picture. And of course she did the pictures and she, every single, every single picture, she had certain characteristics she would kind of explain and it was usually about blood it was usually about anger usually about someone dying and the psychiatrist noticed this pattern and what he said was even though I can tell that you're playing with me and you're joking with me something was very consistent about your answers you were angry and it had a lot to do with blood so the psychiatrist went to another step he said, I understand that these games aren't good. Aren't, aren't, you are very intelligent and you are way past these games. So I want to do something different. He bought in the game of chess. And this completely threw the little girl off. She was like, this is, why are you, why are you playing? Why are you bringing a game of chess in, in here with me? I mastered this game when I was like four years old through a computer. The computer couldn't even keep up with me. And the psychiatrist was like, you know what? That's the problem. You were playing with the computer. The, the moves are instant. There's no thought. There's no emotion behind it. It just happened. So he sat down and he played the game with the girl. And everyone was, all the government people was like, what is, this is stupid. Like, why, why is he doing this? These are so unorthodox. Like, we're ready to put a plug on this. And the little girl was like, you know what? In order for me to play the game, you have to remove this straitjacket. They had her in the straitjacket, obviously, because of the powers that she had. So the guy was like, okay, whatever, I'll remove it. And they began playing the game. And during the game, the psychiatrist watched the way she played. And he ended up beating the girl in the game. And the girl was baffled. She's like, how did you beat me? And she got upset. And of course, she completely threw the table with her power. She didn't touch the table. She just threw it. And she's like, what? how did you do that? So the guy was like, you know what? I hope that if I ever lose, I would react a little bit more gracefully. And he walked out. And the little girl stand, she stood there stunned, angry, like just mad and upset, just stuck in her anger. But anger made her feel controlled. She just lost something. So she completely, she got angry because that anger made her, the, the loss made her feel weak. So the anger made her feel strong again. It made her feel power. Why did this, like, how did this happen? She wanted answers. I want to play again. And the guy was like, no. Because if I lose, I would hope that I react a little bit more gracefully than you just did. And the guy went into the room with the government officials and was like, why did you do that? That was so stupid. And he simply said that y'all seen the reaction of the little girl. Y'all didn't see the way she played the game. Y'all didn't see that she had complete control of the game. She could have finished me at any second. But in order for her to finish me, it took her sacrifice and her queen. She refused 
to sacrifice her queen. And a psychiatrist said, I think that Eleanor, that Ellie, the little girl, is associating the queen with her mom. She refused to sacrifice her mom. I believe Ellie loved her mom. I believe Ellie is wanted to protect her mom, but something happened and she's not telling us the truth. And the, and the government was like, you're, you're absolutely crazy. You're, you're that, that's absolutely insane. That's not true. That that's stupid. That that's, that's, that's not it. So the government officials like, no, I, I, I truly believe that that's it. Like that, that's it. So he walks, he's like, look, I'm going to go find out. He walks back into Rome and a little girl's still angry. So she, she hems him up. She does all this superpower stuff and, and hems him up and the government officials are going crazy. So they're trying to, they, they, they turned on this frequency, obviously to, to hem her powers down uh, because we, a lot of people don't realize this, but our language is, is actually frequency. We're humans are frequency, humans are energy. But I, again, I'm not gonna get into my rants. But they turned up the frequency, shut her down. She got angry, shut it out, all of that, and shut down everything. So they had to turn the frequency up so high to pretty much kill her, almost kill her, and it shut her down. So after she was shut down, they they was like, look, it's time. It's time for us to kill her. It's time for us to execute her or whatever. And the doctor was like, look, I don't want to give up on her. Like, no, I, I know I can get through to her. Give me one more chance. Give me one more chance. And in the process of talking to Ellie, the doctor had found out that Ellie had received a little fox from her mother when she was a kid. And in the folder that the psychiatrist had he seen a picture of it and he showed the little girl a picture of it and he seen a reaction from her and after he seen that emotional reaction she immediately went to anger like i don't like that stupid thing like no that that is stupid and the stupid thing of love love is only people only love people until and to the point that they can't control them anymore this is exactly what this girl said she said that piece just reminds me that i was controlled and i don't i don't want that I, I, I want my control pretty much is what this little girl was saying. So the gentleman was able to get back into the room with the girl, even though it was against everyone's policy. He was able to get back into the room with the girl and the girl. She was obviously toying with everyone. She was toying with everyone. She was accepting her fate that she was going to be killed. She was accepting the fate that she was going to die because as soon as she wanted to release herself from the straitjacket, she released herself. She got out of it with no problem. She threw the doctor against the wall and hemmed him up. She shut down everyone in the building with her power. She couldn't even see them through the glass, but she shut them down. They couldn't do anything. She controlled the whole building with her powers. She had the doctor hemmed up against the wall and the doctor reached in his pocket and he pulled out the chain with the fox on it. And as soon as the little girl seen the fox, she shut down. And she fell in the doctor's arm and she started crying. And she was saying it was an accident. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I miss her. I love her. I miss my mom. <laughs> that little girl 
made up a story of her being angry, made up a story of her being angry and mad and hating her mother to the point of wanting to kill her mother because she didn't want to accept the story that she didn't know how to use her powers. She didn't have control of her powers at the time and accidentally killed her mother because her mother made her upset and she didn't know how to control it. So she was about to take execution because that story of her killing her mother gave her power. That story gave her control. She was about to die. She was willing to die for a lie. But because it made it not her fault. Because she didn't have to face the truth. Because it left her in a state of feeling control. She was about to die. <laughs> Which story have you ignored? What story have you told yourself to cover up the truth? See, what we have to understand is the power and control doesn't come in the anger. The power comes in making the choice. And right now you are choosing to believe in that story. You are choosing to stay in that state of depression. You are choosing to stay in that state of anger, of sadness. That is a choice you are making. And you can choose to change your state. You can choose to change your focus. You can choose to look at the truth of your life. See, a lot of times the story that we, even if that story is going to be destructive to our life, to our future, to our dream, we would tell ourselves that because it makes us, makes it not our fault. It gives us power. It gives us control over the game. Even when we can end the game, what are you protecting? What are you scared to sacrifice? Are you scared to get hurt again? <laughs> you have the power. You have the power to take complete control. And end the game. You can end the game right now. And win. But it just takes you sacrificing that thing that you've been hiding. It takes you sacrificing that thing that you've been hiding behind. Give it up. It's not you. That story is not who you are. That story that you told yourself for so long is not who you are. You are powerful beyond measure. And you need to know that. You need to remember that. Y'all have a great day. Always remember, keep grinding. This is Kevon White, also known as Coach K, signing out. Remember, you can check out the Grand Solo courses at www.grandsolo.thinkup.com. Also, check out the Grand Solo site at www.grandsolo.com. Y'all have a great one. Always remember, I love you. Take care.